We shall not cease from exploration, and at the end of all our exploring, we'll be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. Through the unknown, unremembered gate, when the last of earth left to discover is that which was the beginning. At the source of the large, longest river, the voice of hidden waterfall, and the children in the apple tree, not known because not looked for, but heard, half heard, in the stillness, between two waves of the sea, quick now, here, now, always, a condition of complete simplicity, costing not less than everything. And all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well, when the tongues of flames are enfolded into the crowned knot of fire, and the fire and the rose are one. Super cool poem, man. Uh, that first couple lines in it, so it just touches me. I've seen it on uh, motivational posters and, and this, and that's uh, T.S. Eliot. That's uh, Little Gil- Gil- Little Gidding, five. 1943. Hi everyone, this is Dan with Spiritual Underground Podcast. If this is the first time you've tuned in here, this is uh, primarily a 12-step recovery podcast, although I do explore every area, avenue that I can get my hands on where people become better versions of themselves day by day. And that's, uh, to some extent, my ultimate definition of recovery. It is uh, associated, seems primarily with uh, substance abuse and alcoholism. And when you hear the word recovery, when you hear somebody say, I'm in recovery, that's usually what we jump to. But... uh, Thankfully, I've got a little, uh, that, that's that been broadened in my mind, and, and you don't have to suffer from those things necessarily to be uh, suffering from this thing we call spiritual sickness, where my spirit has actually gotten ill. So I, we talk about that here on uh, on, a, on an avenue to get well, and it's one that's worked for me and, and most people in my circle uh, is the 12 steps. But I know people do it other ways, and uh, uh, I like to hear about those things. But today, we are not necessarily focusing on that and the reason this uh poem comes to mind is uh i'm just in love with outdoors and i got an awesome little slice of paradise in orange county indiana and uh and when we talk about not ceasing from exploration and at the end of it all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and to know the place for the first time um i've been coming down here all my life and every time i come down here uh, I, I get some exploration in, you know, trampled all over this stuff, but I'll see things with new eyes that I haven't seen before or have new experiences that I haven't had here before. And uh, at some level, you know, after all that exploration, I'm right where I started, and it feels like I'm here for the first time. Uh, I just love that line. And then I like when it gets into that, I don't know what it is, but into the crowned knot of fire, and the fire and the rose are one. Too cool. So sitting down here, it's turkey camp, turkey hunting season, and since uh, I, I have no idea how to put a timeline on that, but for a long damn time, uh, my father and his buddies have come on Wednesday. Uh, turkey season starts on Wednesday in Indiana, and uh, and they would come turkey hunting, and at some point in that, uh, I didn't have any interest in the turkeys for a while, but it, I, I gained it, and then I started joining them, so that Wednesday through Saturday, Sunday, that five days of uh, first of turkey season has become like a um, has become a tradition for me, and I continue that doing it today. And but uh, uh, last year 
dad came. This year he chose not to. Uh, last year Shane came with me. Uh, and dad was here too, and that was super cool. I, it's the more the merrier. I don't know. When you're hunting, it seems like there's a certain amount of people that make it uh, optimum. Uh, it's always cool. It doesn't make any difference. I like the one-on-one -on -one time I've had this week with Shane, for sure. Uh, but there's that uh, company side of it, that uh, the camaraderie of, of, yeah. of that that I do really enjoy. And we got a little piece of that today because some friends come by for a little bit. But Shane and I, Shane's here on the microphone with me. Hi, Shane. Hello. And uh, <laughs> we came down Tuesday night, for, for, frankly, right after our uh, Spiritual Underground home group meeting. Shane come over, did it last year, come over. And uh, as soon as uh, the meeting was over, we uh, blast down here. And uh, I don't know, springtime and that new... Uh, all the new life that's happening in the woods and the, the green that's happening now is a green that you only see this time of year. It's that fresh green, um, the energy, the smell in the air. Winter's behind us, so we're kind of cabin fevered a little bit in a sense, you know. Kind of, because it snowed on the way here. Yeah, yeah, and then no doubt, yeah. And then we snowed in a lot of places. You know, we had a white little covering on Wednesday morning on the, on the ground. So, yeah, and but spring is still popping regardless and uh yeah but that was it was cold it's been a cold turkey season and it's raining today uh travis y'all know him uh lj y'all know him and uh travis's dad come down for a little while today and they brought some elk burger and some elk tenderloin and we grilled it out and had a meal and uh kind of hoping that those guys would be able to stick around but there's some things going on that didn't allow that totally understand and uh so those guys boogied on out and uh and I made this commitment to do content once a week, and and I do my best to do that. And I brought my podcasting gear this weekend. So anyway, um, one little note too is that the uh, the women at TSSR are having their retreat this weekend, and uh, stay tuned for their after action report. Uh, I'll be recording them uh, tomorrow night, Sunday night, when they get home. Uh, so anyway, that's a lot about nothing. Uh, kind of goes from that where I started. I'm back at the beginning uh, for the first time. Oh, well, it's been a funny turkey season. Uh, Definitely. Weather, birds don't. Of course, you know, I've never had a year where the birds acted like what I thought they were supposed to act like in as far as the magazines and the hunting shows go. Right. Uh, I've never experienced that. Um, but it didn't, you know, when it, fact of the matter remains is the hunting the killing thing is so little piece of this right uh i do like you know we've got to have some uh we were able to get some activity and some some uh close calls close calls with them and get out there and uh it is a bit disheartening when you go hunting and you don't see nothing yeah you know, uh that's that's a little rough and one cool thing about turkeys there's enough of them around and even if you don't see them it'd be a rare day down in this end of the world if you woke up and you were here for a couple few days and you didn't at least hear turkeys that would allow you to like go after some, them yeah, yeah go after them so uh it's always a new experience though that's one thing for sure hunting is never the same thing as it was last time yep everyone's different every, every single trip every opportunity everything's different you know you think it'd be you know kind of the same it's funny in that poem the word simplicity jumped out at me yep. it just grabbed me and um 
and that's what this is for me is simplicity being here it's getting back to the basics and uh disconnecting from a lot of the outside world stuff you know just simplify my life simplify my mind be open again empty my mind of all the other crap that's going on out there and just be here with me and you and god yep. you know yeah it's been a cool cool experience we've got a lot of work done here too and didn't yeah. feel like work yeah. you know yeah working here does not feel like work to me mm-hmm. i had a lot of fun with it talking that uh one thing is it's all, all plan for the future kind of stuff so it's not in that regard the work is not you know sometimes you're doing work just for the sake because it needs to be done and there's really no benefit to it mm-hmm. uh, one of the things about down here is generally when i'm doing work it's kind of like planting an apple tree or something you know it's that later on down the road that work i've done today is going to provide some fruit yeah and uh you get to enjoy it that's because you'll have firewood to burn or <laughs> right. food plots to uh, that are doing well and drawing wildlife in. It line says, a condition of complete simplicity. And then in parentheses, it says, costing nothing, costing not less than everything. Mm-hmm. Costing not less than everything. Because in a sense, you do, to be able to do this, It is there is a cost to it in a sense because you do have to check out of whatever's going on at home, whether that's family life, and usually is, and uh, putting work on hold and missing mm-hmm. days there, and you know you do have to do that. But I have to. Do, I have learned that I have to do that for me. Yes. Otherwise, uh, what I wind up with is I'm I'm walking around the world, pouring from an empty cup because mm-hmm. I haven't filled my own cup up. Yep. And there's no place that does it to me better than here. There really isn't. Uh, we're going on an elk hunting trip, and I'm sure it'll have a similar kind of uh, fill it cup. I'm absolutely certain it'll have a similar kind of cup filling thing. Mm-hmm. But like this place, I got it at my disposal, and it's an hour away from my house, you know. So it just makes it. You might, where I've got a you cup might need filler. a bigger cup for Colorado. Yeah, well, I'll bring a big <laughs> cup. Uh, I talked about that. That uh, that was one of my uh, themes in one of the retreats I had. Was you know you're gonna show up to the juice wagon? How big a cup are you bringing? Mm-hmm. You know, some people are willing to show up with a thimble, and then if they get that half full, they're okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm showing up with a big a big container so yeah. that you know i hate to even put a label on it but i'm showing up with as big a container as i can carry right hoping to get it full when i mm-hmm. when i leave be able to share it with everybody man it's a cool part about it there's never enough it seems like you know sometimes like we just always want more we're seeking for more of it and our cup's already full but we're still searching for more of it and we empty some of that out by giving it away to other people and then we gotta fill it back up again you know yeah Yep. And that cup runneth over thing. That's the way I feel about it. It's funny that that more was a negative thing in my life for a long time when it was more things that was hurting me. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, what's happened is I turned it around to being where I'm addicted to more things that are good for me mm-hmm. and wanting more and more of that. Um, it seems like a real simple turn, but it's not as simple as it sounds. Right. To make that, uh, make that boat turn and head the other direction to where... Uh, more of this stuff, I mean, because in some in some level, I have used my same, uh, I guess, uh, innate, born with type tendencies, you know, in my recovery. Right. The same way I went after my dope and booze, you know, and uh, and, and there is a little saying: if you would go after your recovery with half the zeal you went after your uh, drunkenness, yep, uh, this would be a cakewalk. Sure would. And, uh, but I, you know, hearing that, just to say that out loud, you know, so if it's going to be easy if I give half my effort that I did then, 
well, how good is it when I give more than that? You know, mm-hmm. well, it's been pretty goddamn good. <laughs> you know, Chase brought up uh, the topic of uh, open-mindedness, and um, it, it threw me to empty-mindedness, which is pretty much the same thing for me. But um, when you empty your mind of all the things you think you know, that's how you can grow. You know, and uh, learn more. For me, at least, and um, it, I think it was yeah, Dao De Chang. Um, one of my favorite lines in there, the emptiness of the bowl is what makes it useful. Yep. And it, it made so much sense to me, but it come back to that simplicity thing we that came up earlier. It's just that simple. You know, when you empty your mind of all the other stuff, it makes room for other stuff to come in. And uh, that that's part of that more, you know. Uh, I'm always wanting that more, 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 and there's no end to it that's the cool part you know when we can't find any more of the alcohol drugs and can't get any more you know you're screwed but this with this it's infinite you know and that stuff stopped working and i don't think this is going to stop working no that's another thing about that other stuff it's at some point you reach a tolerance level or something that ends up being that it 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 it, well, if it actually stops making you, you know, certainly I stopped feeling good when I was doing it, so it wasn't working in that regard. Mm-hmm. It always worked, you know. Right. I'd always end up inebriated, so it didn't stop working in that. Now, I've heard some people talk about, for them, that it actually stopped working. Yeah, the pain pills for me, like, it it was just a, a necessity to not be sick anymore. It wasn't, I got anything from it as far as a buzz or whatever. It was, I needed it to survive. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that's uh, Bill's line. It ceased to be a luxury. It was mm-hmm. now a necessity. Yep. Yep. You had to take more than ever just to be okay. Mm-hmm. Just to wake up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a. Uh... Well, you know, and I, I was getting ready to say something, but, you know, I get a little bit, there's a little bit of a hangover, and there's a little bit of a, a culture shock after I'm down here for a few days, kind of isolated. Sure. One of the things that, you, when you were sharing the list of things that kind of happen when you're down here, that checking out and disconnecting, one of those comes with there's no self-service here. Mm-hmm. So uh, although we do usually check in on, on our phones uh, a time or two a day, uh, you have to go make some effort to do that. Mm-hmm. It's you not know, just pick it up and yeah, look you at just it. Just pick it up and look at it, and I can't tell you how many times I pick it up and look at it. But I know now down here, I never am like knee jerking to like get service. Right? Yeah, because uh, I know it's a, a whole other useless thing. And I use my telephone for a whole lot more than that too. I was showing right. Shane, I've got like notes for everything I yeah, do dude. in here, man. <laughs> I mean, like even those poems. Like I saw that poem I liked, you know, and copied it in here so I would have it at my fingertips. Right. At any time, I've got one, and I have no idea why. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I, when I want to find it, I type in vision. And it's because it, and all it's got is a whole bunch of quotes in it that I have liked and captured. Nice. But the first one was uh, was from Jordan Peterson talking about vision, direction, and patience and how valuable those three things are. we got to yeah. have vision, we got to have some direction, and then you got to have some patience. Mm-hmm. And that's why it ends we up, it, it takes yeah. whatever the first word is. If you don't like title the note, it takes whatever the first word is and makes that the title of the note. Gotcha. So when you're like looking down through the index, this is called vision, and it turned out to be my, uh, and it's got, you know, it's got stuff out of the TSSR book that are credited to, uh, you know, Chris, James Christopher Cohn, stuff out of my yoga training, stuff out from Jordan Peterson, stuff from Thomas Merton. Uh, just a ton of good of quotes that uh, that that Viktor Frankl 
ton of quotes that I keep and I like being able to so have that. I keep all my work notes in here. I keep all my 12-step notes and how to, I got basically a cliff notes of how to sponsor somebody in here. <laughs> That's cool. And uh, it wasn't really so much for me, uh, but as I was guiding guys on how to sponsor somebody. Ask you a question. You can. And uh, I would like type it up for them, mm. you know, because it's just so nice to have it. Like, you know, it's one thing for me to leave you a voicemail or to tell you. Right. But uh, I'm a lot better than I used to be, but I still do that. I mean, you can tell me, you can talk to me for a little while, man, and I can catch none of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my head can be completely someplace else, even when I'm interested in what you're exactly. telling me. Exactly. Yeah. Doesn't, yeah. Doesn't mean I'm not interested Squirrel. or what you have to value. Mine looks like somewhere else. Mine me off someplace yep. else for some reason, and I'm gone. Yeah. Mine does that a lot too. All the time, actually. So I started typing stuff up and sending it as a text. And then I'd look at my what I typed and I thought hey that's some pretty good shit yeah. <laughs> and I'd save it and stick it over in a notepad nice and then and so and then it actually I had step work is what it was called and then it got so big I had to scroll so far down to get to the bottom of that I broke it up to steps one, one. to four gotcha. and then five to twelve and uh, that just seemed I kind of was looking to see how long it was and that looked about like the halfway point of my notes not that that's a halfway point of the content right uh, yeah, it kind of I- is from the one to four and five to nine because really, 10, 11, 12 is something entirely different. Again. Right. Um, and I don't have that many notes about 10, 11, 12, to be honest, because there's not like direction notes in that. Right. You know, do this, do that. And um, particularly in step four, and when Chase was doing his first fist step, uh, he, we, couldn't, we couldn't connect to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I had a little time, and I just started sitting down and started, because uh, sometimes I dictate my notes, you know, use the voice to text thing. Right. So I'm not even typing it. You know, I'm speaking it into it, and then I'll go clean it up after I get done talking to it. Yeah. And I, and I talked out this great big fist step thing. And because uh, the fist step can be so deep, you know, you were saying last night, I think it was last night, that that was your favorite step. Yep. Was I was like, night. whatever step happens to be sitting next to me seems to be my favorite. Right. Uh, although I don't really care for step one that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the most important one, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and there's so much to a fifth step from especially like what I learned from Christopher as far as, uh, you know, setting up, you know, where you're at, mm-hmm. setting it up, going into it, prayer work on it, t- leading in and giving your sponsor you guidance to to do what he needs to do to get prepared for it and then, yep. then actually executing it and then, uh, and then the after mm-hmm. of how to close it out, you know, there's, that's, that was something I couldn't just nutshell. Right. So it ended up being a giant, big old text. And um, so that's another reason why it ended up getting broken there, because that seems to be one year. It just requires more guidance, four and five. Yeah, I just did my third fist step uh, about, about a month ago and uh, exchanged fist steps with a guy. And uh, that was a cool experience, man. Uh, that was the first time I'd done that in the, and the third person I've done a fist up with, so uh, each experience, each person has been a different experience, and this one had the, you know, the extra juice by being able to hear a, a whole guy's fist up and then me give him my whole fist up, you know. How long did that take? Uh, we were there, I think. I mean, both of y'all been through the steps before, so yeah, it's not like a heavy. It's about fifth, it's not like a heavy two and a half hours, I think. Yeah, yeah for both of us to get through just it. Just curious. Yep. Yep. It was. Short and sweet, you know, short and sweet to the point. But um, going into it, 
you know, I had done all my work in the four step, and the the last time I did a four step, I got so much from it and learned so much about myself. And I did this time too, but a lot of stuff didn't come to light until the day of the fifth step. Like that day, on the way to do my fifth step, all this stuff started coming to light. You know, it started making sense. Like, okay, now I see it. You know, and now I was kind of frustrated because I was like, I did all the work. I didn't see it you know what I mean like I did the last time because I got so much out of it the second time I did it with Christopher it was amazing but this time it was like I got it all written out but couldn't see it until that day yeah it's just crazy how this stuff works man but if you put forth the effort and do the work it works out you know and one of the things that also that I've learned is broaden these definitions of these terms and these little phrases in the 12 in the in the big book at night you know that's kind of a um, area where sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, kind of stuff comes in, and more will be disclosed, and things mm-hmm. like that. That it's funny how some, you know, when you're sponsoring somebody, you know, the, I call them bell ringer moments where their bells get ring. Uh, you know, happen at different times. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily it's not an automatic that it's going to be that the fifth step hits you that much. You know, right. or you know, some people actually come out of the, actually the fourth step and have their bell rung. You know, mm-hmm. they actually see it then, and a lot of people don't see it. Just yep. like, kind of like what you were saying, you didn't really. You did the work, and it was just right up before the fifth step that it kind of all come home to roost in a sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, how that how that can work so differently for for different people, you know. My real moment the first time through was during the ninth step. That was uh, that bell ringer moment, and I and I, I've talked about it before, but I'll say again, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm on the phone with my sponsor. And telling him about how, you know, just juicing on, you know, I was all not knowing what I was doing, really. Just mm-hmm. was doing recovery, was hitting me, and everything was good. And uh, after a sec, you know, after I me mean, going on and on for a minute, he said, are you about halfway done? And my immediate knee-jerk reaction was thinking that he was like, you know, here I'm supposed to be sharing a juice with you, and you're asking me if I'm halfway done, you know, like talking. Right. And he goes, no, 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 are you about halfway done? with your immense and because he was quoting that ninth step promises before we were halfway done gotcha yeah and uh and he had to explain that to me like so many times that he, uh, I, I needed an explaining because i wasn't seeing it through those eyes right and uh and and that might be why that rang my bell so hard because i had that little bit of shocking uh reaction to his initial comment mm-hmm. and then coming to realization that uh just exactly how these promises come true in your life. It's funny how they, it says that in the big book, but it's in step nine where it says you'll be amazed before you're halfway through. Halfway through would be like, what, six? Yeah, you know, I've been, and I don't try to, I try not to totally legalistic and get all bent down because I, I do, I have learned that all these terms in here can be, the definitions of them, the best way I can say it is, and this is the terminology I use, the de- definitions of all these terms and phrases can be broadened. Right. You don't have to, like, get them all the way down into the telescope. You can. Uh, but what I've been, what what my my leanings to is that you're halfway through your ninth step amends. That's what I'm thinking, too, now. Yeah, no, uh, rather than nine, yeah. halfway through your steps. Because then and when it says sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, people will talk about that's how you get the steps. And I think that's... I think that's appropriate also, but I believe that that writing had to, that writing that is the ninth step promises as we know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe is was aimed at the ninth step. Gotcha. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Same thing, you know. And yeah. 
uh, we don't get them, you know, that's an easy step to balk on. That's the first time that I remember balking. Uh, I didn't know I was balking. Right. Know, it's hindsight. It's looking in the rearview mirror to know that I was dragging my ass. Going you didn't want to do that, yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't tell you I didn't want to, and I thought that I truly wanted to. Right. You know, and I did want to, but I still balked mm-hmm. uh, and going into them. That is a funny thing, though. Uh, there's a lot of terms in there, and you hear that. I hear that quite often of people talking about being amazed before they're halfway through, and they're they're saying, you know, they're prior to step six or whatever. Yeah, because I was amazed before I was halfway through for sure. Yep. You know, and yep. I was like, why are they just saying this in ninth step? Because I was amazed, you know, in the very beginning. Yeah, it definitely applies there, too. Um, and you know, the promises hold a special place in my heart, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was listening to that book, The Spirituality and Perfection, and I think that's the way it is. I always get it backwards or wrong uh, because it's I always th- I'm either the imperfection of spirituality or spirituality of imperfection. Oh, don't play it on the air, man. You cost your money. Of imperfection. The spirituality of imperfection, and they uh, he did a little walkthrough of the nine step promises in that book. Nice. Yeah, you know, talking about, and he's not an alcoholic, at least I don't think, uh, but he studied alcoholism and had a lot of and he's you couldn't tell it because he's a fan of the 12 steps right and aa as much as a guy who was an alcoholic yeah, yeah. actually had the promises come true in their life as a result of working them um and also i listened to uh, i know you uh just went through some of that work uh russell brand's mm-hmm. latest book called Re- revelation and uh it's an audio only book it's a uh, it's an audacity exclusive. And I thought, that's a nice way to write a book. Just talk it. You know, right. that would save you all that bullshit of writing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he did a really fantastic job in that book of walking through the promises and what they meant to him. Nice. You know, line by line. I'll have to look and, at that and, then. Uh, and delved into it and, uh, on, on a more deeper level than, uh, you know, when you're talking about you know, going into fear of, uh, finan- uh, of people and of financial insecurity. And right. It's the other way around in the thing, right? Um, and it's interesting to listen to a guy who basically had all the money at his fingertips still suffer from fear of financial insecurity. I know, right? Because yeah, that lands a lot, you know. When I am broke, I can understand fear of financial insecurity and I understand that. Right. Uh, when somebody's got all the money they need, uh, still fearful of it. Yeah, to hear him explain how it worked for him, uh, open again, open-mindedness opens mm-hmm. is. Uh, I hear some things that uh, that I need to hear, so that is cool. But it's only on Audacity right now. I have to check so it out. Right there, Revelation, five hours and seventeen minutes, and I could swallow a five-hour, seventeen-minute book and. Five hours less, and 17 yeah, minutes. Yeah, in less than a day. Uh, you know, can't listen to it. I, I never listen to them nonstop. But, right. Uh, I can. But there's another one in here that I've been working on for some time. Well, it's only got what's left. It is Maps of Meaning. It's Jordan Peterson's first book. Uh says released 2018 but i bet you that's when the audio book was released uh, i'm almost certain of that 30 hours and 52 minutes jeez 
Wow. Yeah, so you got to bite it off in chunks. And I got two hours and 16 minutes left. And I've been working on it for maybe more than a year because I can only swallow so much of it at a time. Right, yeah. And, um, yeah, like it ingest it and like really know what it means or understand it and not just hear it you know really yeah. hear it yeah and it's really it's one of the ones it's a, it's a book that's easy to for my mind to take off and go elsewhere go elsewhere and uh you know i'm it's playing in my ears but there's not a thing landing right uh i know that out of that 30 hours i'll be lucky to have uh half of it in my head I listen to that. another thing about audiobooks. I mean, it's really no problem to listen to them multiple times for me either. Right. I almost need to if it's a book I like a lot. Because it doesn't all get in on the first time. But, like, after listening to it twice or maybe three times, uh, I finally feel like I've oh, absorbed there it the is. Whole yeah. Thing. The same is. thing happens to me while I'm reading. Yeah, me too. I was going to say, when I read a page, sometimes I'm like, I don't remember one word out of that whole. So yeah. I'll reread it, you know? It's like, I don't remember nothing yeah. out of that yet. You know, it kind of is, um, it's a kind of a reflection or a parallel like meditation you know how you you, you mind wanders and you bring it back mm-hmm. you know and exactly and what i was thinking you too catch it and you've read it and sometimes sometimes i'll turn them a couple pages back and reread them and sometimes i won't mm-hmm. I just just go, oh going. well yeah <laughs> i guess i need that yeah, yeah. that got by I'm me the same way yeah being down here though man it's been cool uh hanging out with you uh, since Wednesday, thank you for letting me uh, come down with you. My pleasure. And, uh, just being here, man. I, I love being here. I love the energy here. And like I said, just disconnecting. And, and uh, yeah, I really look forward to it. And it's funny, you know, we, we, we get here and we're like, oh, we're going to go to bed early and all that. And then we get to talking. And, you know, you'd think we wouldn't have anything. Not that we wouldn't have anything to talk about because we got ton to talk about but it's just like we can't stop talking you yeah. know what i mean there's also a dynamic at the time of year you know when we come down in hunting season we can still stay up late but you're back at the cabin done at six mm-hmm. for or, deer yeah because it's dark mm-hmm. you know so then you you know by nine time nine ten o'clock rolls around you've talked for three or four hours yeah exactly but you come in now nine o'clock it's nine mm-hmm. and you haven't ate yet and uh you know, and it doesn't take a minute to get to be midnight, and then you're going, oh shit, we got to yep. get up early in the morning. Plus, uh, the time change does that too, because it gets daylight too damned early. Yeah, right. and our alarms seem not to be yeah. loud enough yeah. <laughs> to wake us up. I really, you know, I used to have a lot of a lot of stuff wound up about getting up in the morning, and and it comes into this stuff about my these um, frankly core character defects kind of stuff where I. Uh, still can't let go of like my self-worth attached to my productivity mm-hmm. like you need to kill something today or I, well i need to at least i can't let somebody see me being lazy right can't let them see me taking a nap yeah, upstairs yeah. now yeah. i can go sit in the, and i'll still beat myself up for going out in the woods used to don't anymore for going out in the woods and beat myself up but at least i got out of the house on time and everybody saw me do that and it looks like i'm doing what yeah. i'm supposed to be doing yeah uh, just a bad day hunting. Yeah. You know, yeah. Didn't did get you see anything today? Nope. nope. Or lie and say, yeah, I did. I saw this, this, and this, and this. And man, I'm man, so close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but down here, I, I, and I do stay busy. It's just, I, and that's another thing, trying to find that, being okay with that and realizing when it's something unhealthy and when it's healthy. Um, I get a lot out of, you know, I always say that thank you for allowing me to participate in my recovery, you know, and, mm-hmm. and coming down here and, like, it's some you know doing service work with you 
you know, cooking and yeah. keeping shit and making sure you're having a good time brings a lot of joy to my heart. You know, when guys come over today and, um, you know, like LJ and you and Travis know enough to just leave me alone now mm-hmm. yeah. after, after a little while. Just let him do his <laughs> yeah. thing, you know. And Don't even offer. Like, people are always newcomers at Spurt, and, you know, they're trying they're to. They're wanting like, to help, be know. part and of I service. definitely, definitely appreciate it. But then, you know, they're like, I don't know, like when somebody says, would you sit down and take a break? Mm-hmm. Like, no. <laughs> I enjoy doing this. Yeah, I am having a blast, so yeah. allow me to do that. And thank you for allowing me to. Right. And it's funny because after dinner, I like, I should do the dishes. I was like, he gets enjoy- He gets a little joy out of that, too. So I, I'm not going to take that from him. And it just makes me feel and I'm lazy. I'm so damn efficient with it, too. You yeah. Know? I mean, I've done it a hundred times. I haven't done it in just a minute. And, it's no big deal. Um, yeah. Another thing about down here, now you've been down here enough that you, you're pretty well fully acclimated. Um, not knowing where shit is and people that, you know, when somebody wants to help and mm-hmm. if you don't know where anything is, it's awful hard for you to help me because I don't take you. But, but like, you know, I, I do understand, like, at the beginning, especially somebody I know is going to be hanging around, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll put more effort into saying, okay, here's where this is and here's where this is. So next time you actually can help me. Right, yeah. Yep. Uh, this time, I've kind of learned some of that, yeah. Okay, and this time it's not really doing me any good. But if it's – and I am guilty of thinking that, you know, if I ain't never going to see this guy down here again, I don't know that I'm going to that effort today. I'll just go get it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, the classic one that I always laugh about was Ross asking me if I had any coffee cups. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, do you have any more coffee cups? And, uh, <laughs> and the kitchen ceiling has less than it used to, but there's, there's at least two dozen, at least two dozen coffee cups hanging on nails uh, in the kitchen on the, on the ceiling or the, I guess ceiling joists of this room floor joists of the room above us there's three dozen at least and um, yeah and we took uh, like not in time warps you know so I didn't right. really say not too long ago but it's probably been five ten years ago uh, we realized that there was entirely too many coffee cups up there and we took three seal test cart oh wow three seal test things <laughs> of coffee full cups of full of them and took them home I wish I knew Don Haas back then Right. Because we're like, what are we going to do with them now? And I think Dad took them to Goodwill or something, you know, took them someplace like that and just gave them away. Right. He could make his candles in them. Yep. But, yeah, it is. It's a blast down here, man. And it's just something that recharges batteries. And then, you know, when, especially when you got good friends to come down and do it with. And, yep. uh, you know, like that sounds, that sounded funny coming out of my mouth, too. Because, first off, if you ain't a good friend of mine, you probably aren't here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not bringing people who are not to my sacred abode. Right. Uh, but uh, you grow, you bond, you talk, you shoot the shit, get up, go chase birds and deer, or whatever it is. And there's uh, just like that. Earl H. says there's so much uh, that when he says this thing goes so much further than just stopping drinking and doping, mm-hmm. when he's talking about the 12 steps and recovery in general, uh, this whole hunting thing goes so far beyond killing something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we like to, and we, we celebrate success, and, and, yeah. and yeah, that's what we're here to do. But it certainly is not a, it's a, it's not required to have a good time down here by any means. You know, we talked about um, <laughs> thoughts just lo- flew out of my head. Um, quickest ways for me to keep talking and then it'll come back to yeah, you. Yeah, go for it. Um, it just keeps jumping away. <laughs> if they would have, uh, 
you know, if by some ways they would like stop allowing us to hunt. Let's say the game population got so low that right. you couldn't hunt anymore. I think I'd still come down here and pretend to hunt. We do the same thing. That's yeah. pretty much what I'm doing now. Pretending to hunt. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've said that. I used that line before. Is that you know, if you saw me walking down the trails, you'd say that dude is a hunter. You know, but uh, there's a lot of days that hunting for me looks like dressed in camouflage, 25 foot up in a tree, reading a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what we have today is uh, real friendships for me. You know what I'm saying? The, our conversations that we have have a lot of meaning and depth to them. You know, yeah. and it's not always the same old stories and all that stuff. It's always something new. And that's what's really cool about it. And you, and you bond, you know, like every time I come down here with you, we bond even closer, yep, you know, yep, and yep. you think, how can I get any closer to that dude? We do, you know, and yep. um, it's kind of like the, the relationship with my wife. How can I love her anymore? I do, you know, it just keeps on growing. And um, uh, what on, on, on these different levels that I hit, I, I say I level up mm-hmm. in my recovery. When I hit those, points i'm like how can i get any higher any better than i am today or any happier or fuller than today you know and then it does and you're like how does that happen you know um i went on a, a striper fishing trip you know, last week with two of my sponsees and uh just being with them uh they're both about 10 to 15 years older than me and uh we were sitting around before dinner and uh, said a prayer and I started crying, Mm. you know, just thinking about those guys that are older than me that I'm sponsoring, you know, and because I look at them as my kids kind of, you know, we talked about that last night. I just look at them as like my kids and to see their lives and where they are today because of it, you know, and um, one of the guys, ex-wife's husband came to me the other day and was telling me how grateful he was for me because of that guy's son coming to him saying man i'm so happy my dad's sober mm. you know and just sharing that with me i was like man the, the ripple effects of this stuff man it's just yeah. and i would imagine that you know you take the kid out of it too it's probably a nice thing uh that my wife's ex-husband is recovered yeah yeah exactly <laughs> he's not such a pain in the ass anymore mm-hmm. and that bled over into my life it does yep uh, so yeah it took a took a burden off of my off of my plate mm-hmm. and at, after dinner that night um i get on a a, a meeting uh, um we're do- going through the steps again in that other meeting i'm going in and um i caught the last half of that after dinner and uh just jumped in real quick because i was out of town and said hi to the guys and talked a little bit and then um we did a 45 minute meditation outside it was a clear night uh quarter moon and uh, we just did it out there with the stars, you know, and there was a hoot owl going off. The stars were moving. You know, I saw a shoot. I saw one shooting star, which is pretty cool. And after that, we went inside, and we had about an hour and a half meeting, pretty much, just us three just sitting there talking. And so many things came to light. We weren't even trying to do that, but it's just funny how God works and yep. all those conversations start. And one guy says one thing, and it sparks something else with another. And, and it's like, oh, wow, I need to do this. I need to do that, you know. And yep. the one guy said that, you know, if it wasn't for us – he would have drank, you know, a couple of weeks right. back when he was out of town. He's not been in meetings and stuff too much because of COVID and everything. And um, somebody had hand him a beer, and uh, he was just sitting on the beach for a half hour with that beer in his hand, and contemplating on what should he drink it or not. And then yeah. finally poured it out because he thought of me and another guy. You know, he's like, "How can I go on this trip with them 
and not yeah. be sober. Yeah. You know, accountability. Yeah, a notion that we have. You know, he said that's pretty much the only thing that kept him from down, drinking. You know? Yeah, it's the only thing that kept him from drinking was that yeah. thought of yeah. having to tell us, which is cool. Yeah, it is. It's that like a military thing that I've heard them people talking about that, you know, the guy says, I'm shooting my rifle to keep my buddy alive, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a similar kind of thing where, you know, I don't want to drink this because i got these other guys that are kind of counting on me not doing that. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd had a dream the night before of uh, I had drank in my dream, you know, mm -hmm. and thinking about having to tell my friends and I was contemplating. I was like, well, I don't really have to tell them. I don't have to change my sobriety date. And I'm like... <laughs> You know better than that, you know, and yeah. this is all in my dream, and you know, it's just crazy thoughts, man. Crazy yeah. stinking thinking. What happens is, and again, this is my point of view on it, but uh, is that when you get out here and you get into what like these, and it kind of goes with that mankind thing about having them safe containers and safe places to talk to that allow one other. You know, when you say we have uh, deeper conversations, I think a big piece of that is is that we're able to be vulnerable with mm -hmm. one another, you know, and that usually doesn't happen out in other places, no. you know what I mean? And I love got you, your man, guard after and, a million beers. Yeah. And, yeah. and even in, even when you're talking, you know, to some extent, outside a meeting where the uh, where the atmosphere is rather safe, mm -hmm. you know, you won't dive as deep as you will when you're you know, and, and allow yourself to be as vulnerable as when you're like out on a fishing trip together or right. down here hunting or you know or any down of those kind of things or on the retreats yeah, yeah. yeah that kind of stuff when you get out in the way there's another level of uh security in that safe container that allows one to be more vulnerable and and ultimately if i think if you can't if you can't get there uh that's where we end up with the stuff bottled up that makes us our spirit sick again and, and that's the cool thing about you know when we have these retreats here it's when we're all sitting around the fire and people like you and I share something pretty fucking, you know, that's pretty heavy, that kind of opens the door for these guys that are just coming in to maybe let go of some of the stuff that they're holding on to. Because yeah. I know every time I come here, I let go of something, yeah. you know, seems like. They, you know, we model vulnerability for them mm -hmm. so they can see like, how it's done oh, and mine's that not that bad <laughs> allow them to do it and that's one of the things uh, too you know using some more of that mankind language when they would talk they have processes that they use to deal with certain stuff uh and and they would say you know and i always felt real funny about it at first i don't know there's some funny uh uh connotation to it that maybe i don't know uh, get, I just don't the wording know, but they'd say uh, Shane and I are going to model this for y'all, and then they would go into doing it. And then what? It, what it, I think what I was hearing some insincerity in a way mm -hmm. when they were saying they were modeling it. Right. Yeah. That this was an real thing, yeah. but they weren't. And I realized after a while that that was not what they were doing. They were doing a similar kind of thing of when I share in a meeting openly, mm -hmm. that gives somebody else the ability to share openly right. too. So that's modeling what we do. Gotcha. So but I can see how you, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, and I don't know if I had a little bit of a, I probably had some contempt prior to investigation and some other things. And, and make sure you hear me here is I think that stuff is great. And I'm actually incorporated into my recovery and into my retreats and stuff mm -hmm. uh, of that uh, modeling stuff for people, you know, that, you know, and, and making a deal, you know, I completely took that creating a safe and tight container thing from what we, what, what I learned in mankind, mm -hmm. um, the smudging into clear our energy before we get to doing the work mm -hmm. uh, there's a movie out called the work and it's about prison 
and uh, I've heard Russell Brand talk about it, and it was something, but they use similar kind of mankind things, and they go into prisons and model that and, you know, and allow these guys to get vulnerable in prison. Yeah, and that's the last place in the well, world yeah, that right? you want to be getting vulnerable. Yeah, uh, generally. Yeah, and some of them don't want to. You know, and they, the guys have to volunteer to come into the program, so it's not like something they make you do. Right. Uh, and but even then, you know, I mean, because you can volunteer in one half of you and be completely rejecting it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you might be volunteering for it just because you think it looks good, and maybe they'll give it to let you out early. Right. Uh, or for any number of reasons, uh, maybe it's just a break time from being in the damn cell blocks. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, hey, we can go do this yeah, for an hour. Like, kind of like you said, you know, I said I went to meetings every day earlier, and you said, yeah, let's get out of the house. And, yeah, that was an element of it for sure. Uh, but there also was an element of getting better in there, mm-hmm. too, you know. And uh, so you could have some of both. But that's a good movie, and it's um, and it models up some of that same kind of stuff that uh, – that, I mean, it, they didn't say anything about the Mankind Project, but it looked like a lot of the exact same kind of work, and that's what they call it. That's what I circle back, because that's what I do. I go out on these tangents, and I circle back to why I said what I said. And I said all that to say this, that, frankly, we do work. Mm-hmm. You know, we said step work. And, uh, you know, so it we works cleanse you work our, it. Yeah, we <laughs> cleanse our energy as we come into some of these safe containers. A, it's a... It's a ritualistic kind of thing to, mm-hmm. like, make the make the process real that we're doing, you know, putting action behind mm-hmm. instead of just, okay, drop everything that you ain't going to need. No, let's do something physical and do something that some uh, actually, yeah. uh, like, passing around that smudge stick and, and, and smudging a dude out, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, and so that we have that symbolic also part of the uh, of the what we're trying to teach is drop that let's not bring anything in here we're not going to need because we're getting ready to go to work mm-hmm. and we're going to work on ourselves this weekend i remember i was smudging travis in out here last year and i got emotional just doing that part of it because i knew this was gonna he was gonna be a different person when he left that weekend yep. you know it's just something happens here when we do all these things that we do and, uh, and it's, you know it's flat magic Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just magical anyway. And speaking of the hangover thing where you said something about earlier, um, yeah, when we leave from here, from I remember the first time I left the first retreat here, it was like, man, I, I didn't even make it, I don't even think, down the gravel driveway the, all the way to the end. And I hit that point where I, I just felt just my energy drain, and I, it felt like a hangover. And I was like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? And I ended up uh, picking up the phone and calling my spiritual advisor and talking to him about it. And he was like, man, it's just a juice hangover, man. You just came from a really spiritual high, and now you're coming off of it. So you'll be okay. But I didn't know what it was, you know what I'm saying? But it was just a shift of energy, you know, from leaving here in that safe place to go back out into the real world kind of deal. It was scary. And I, I like to warn the, the new guys that ever come out here. Yep, I always like to one. throw that in there and say, hey, when you leave here, you might feel a, a, feel different. And it's just coming off this high, just like you would a drug. You know, you're coming off this high. So just know you'll get yeah. through it. It's no big deal. And know it's coming. It's yeah. a lot easier to. Yeah, if you don't know it's coming, it, it, yeah, scary. it, it scared the hell out of me. Yeah. 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 And that, uh, you know, that, how, that, retreat just happened for me you know and it became something and uh and and what i found what at least what i learned last year was that um and over actually the past two years is that there's a there's a number of people that exceed where you can draw that power so Mm -hmm. you know one of the things that we're doing now is uh 
is limiting the number of participants that that would come because you just can't have something like that be just a completely open event. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is is that bonding is is the part of that. You know, let's all come together and leave together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that I learned, you know, in mankind too. But I didn't really want to necessarily enforce it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had a couple of things happen last year where some people ended up having to leave early. Yeah. And uh, and kind of like missed the consummation of the event. Kind of, Getting lost a lot of that, so uh, right, you know, and it's um, a part of like you know, like we were saying a little bit ago about I oh I I found that I need to do this kind of thing in order mm-hmm. to keep my cup full. Uh, you know, these retreats and this kind of stuff that you're going to do for you for your recovery. You know, uh, I have a strong feeling that you know you need to commit to that and uh, and uh, you know go all in for it you know and set across set aside that time for yourself and say okay i'm going to be gone and i'm going to do this whole thing uh, yep. that's another one of the things that kind of like that thimble full of juice or a jug full of juice which one you want mm-hmm. um are, are you willing to to go all in on what you're committing to this weekend and, are and you some people don't realize when when they don't show up in the beginning and leave early those kind of things it it takes away from the energy. Yeah, it does. You know the group. Yeah, it takes yeah. away from the group, and they don't realize it, you know. Yep. Uh, there's a little bit of that, you know, I don't know, the, like a sports analogy or something, you know, when you um, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to the baseball game in the third inning, mm-hmm. and then I want you to let me play, you yep. know, but I'm going to have to cut out early. Mm-hmm. You know, so I want to play the innings three through seven. Yeah, you know, and I want to be a bat the whole time. Yeah. I want to bat the whole time. Yeah. 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 Uh, I want to say what I need to say and, and get out of here, you know, or, or get what I need to get out of this and then leave, you know. And, and yeah, that's because that there. selfish, self-centered stuff yeah. that we suffer from is that, you know, I'm going to come and get what I get and mm-hmm. help the rest of you all. And I know it ain't necessarily that is not the motive underneath of people. I don't, yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, it's life the same happens. whole parasite thing that operates underneath of us. the same reason I didn't know what my sponsor was telling me when he said, are you about halfway through? Uh, <laughs> and a number of other things that he said are the same kind of nature. But uh, you're on that that your operating system is hijacked that, mm-hmm. that guy I talk about that says that bullshit over there on my shoulder that tries to lead me into thinking things that is not the right way to be thinking yep uh the same kind of thing will tell me that you know it's no big deal if i leave early and uh, you know you get that you get that uh, at some point when you're doing this recovery stuff you realize it ain't for you Right, it's kind of like a thing about the chips in the month, and people go, oh, "I don't really want to get another. I don't want to get my one month chip, you know. I don't want to like, you dummy. It ain't for you. Mm-hmm. It's for the guy sitting over there with ten days, so he can see that thirty days is possible. Get yep. selfish bastard, get it out of the, you know. Mm-hmm. And people who come and say they don't want to celebrate their birthdays in recovery, uh, it's like it's not, it's for, not you. for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's this thing, and then once that like solidified, where I realized that these other people in my life are more important, you know, and that's part of this service thing that's come to me is that you know, and once I was able to tap into that and see how much joy and how much how meaningful it is, mm-hmm. uh, where that puts a purpose that I like have this purpose that I get to help these other people, well, then you know, then that blooms and blossoms and you become part and, of their uh, lives, and I can make it, you know, and I can you know make it part of my recovery and make it part of theirs too, and. Uh, and it's that you know we let's come together let's go together let's you know leave no man behind kind of stuff yep exactly 
we're on a mission here. Yep. You know, a mission to better ourselves, and we need each and every one of us to do it. We. Mm-hmm. So we we program. Yep. It is. Uh, so we're going. We're a month away from uh, firing up the retreat. And I am looking so forward to it. I'm already this week. This this you know, this I, don't, I don't know if you off feel, of it, feel the of. same way as, but like my anticipation of going on vacation is almost every bit as joyful as oh, yeah. my vacation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes actually ends up being you know I've had some vacations where the setup was more you know the anticipation actually turned out to overshadow the actual event. Right. Yeah. Uh, that hasn't happened to these retreats at any level ever, but. Uh, so my anticipation, like coming down here and cutting firewood and getting stuff ready, and my and then I'm also down here where my mind's freed up and I can mm-hmm. actually start thinking of of stuff because I do my best thinking down here because I don't have the distractions of the world at yeah. home like I do. Um, I do I read better here than I do any place else, and the wheels start turning, so it started juicing me, and I started taking notes in my phone and my lovely phone notebook. And that's what was happening to me sitting out by the fire the other night. You know, some thoughts started coming to me about what we can, you know incorporate into the retreat and different meditation stuff we can do and yep so yeah and i didn't yeah. even i didn't even you know i didn't begin to 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 um digest or anticipate that this was going to be a little brainstorming session too right yeah it was going to yeah it wasn't on the docket for this no it was week. being down here to turkey hunt yeah. you know and then that just pops in yeah it does we start brainstorming a little bit and it's cool i love it I'm glad you found my ponytail holders, man. Oh, you didn't know we were up there? I, I knew I had a couple of them hanging around down they've been, here. They've been sitting there forever. I'm a, I'm a rookie ponytail person. And um, so I went, Holly got me a band of, a box of ponytail holders. Mm-hmm. And I never understood that either, why the girls had you to go through so of many them. of them. Yeah. But you end up, I kind of understand <laughs> that off, now. First off, they get away from you. Yeah. Now, Holly always has a half a dozen or more on her wrist. Mm-hmm. Always. Uh and uh, so I know when I'm with her, I can always bum one if that gets away <laughs> right. from me. Uh, but I went to the store the other day and bought a thing of them, and they're these little bitty ones. They're not, they look, I, you couldn't tell on the thing, man. They look like the right size, and I get them home, and you can't get your fingers in them. Right. And uh, I've been living with them, but uh, I had to go back and get some more. How long are you going to let that thing go? You don't know yet? I don't know yet. That's man. cool. I don't have anybody, I tr- you know, it's kind of funny to say this, and I'll, but I'll say it out loud. I don't have anybody I trust to cut my hair. And I'm not like some kind of prima donna that right. needs that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've had the same barber for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And no matter what kind of cut I've had, whether it's a, I went for quite a few years back in the 90s wearing a flat top. Right. Mine tight. Right. And uh, and various other things. And no matter what, man, he's always been my barber and uh, he retired uh month or so ago oh wow i went and got a haircut on his retirement day oh that's cool yeah i went and uh and uh he's a sober dude uh he's he uh quit getting fed like i hear so many times he quit feeling that he was getting value from his uh from being at meetings you know and i, I can use that line a minute ago that I, I but i don't uh i probably have at some point because i'm pretty free with my thoughts and he's he's we're close enough that i can but you know hey dummy it ain't about you mm-hmm. uh but i do understand that logic of when you stop getting fed at 12 step means it potentially you know holly talks has it in her story where she was on a growth trajectory mm-hmm. and this wasn't feeding it so she went someplace else to get it mm-hmm. 
and uh, and a lot of people end up in mankind for the same reason. When I talk to those people in there, they don't they don't have what we have right. in our twelve step community. Uh, obviously, because yeah, I don't think you can say you, you stop. You, you never know, though, because we got people quit coming to us, and it's not because they quit being fed, getting fed. They mm-hmm. just decided it wasn't for them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, that kind of goes into that. What we have is being something special, and uh, and so my barber ended up uh, stopping, but he's still sober, so we can still talk the talk, and he knows the lingo. And and I've received a number of phone calls from guys that sit in a barber chair because that's another place where you nice. people tend to get vulnerable. You yeah. hear about the women, you know, it's like in their beauticians and mm-hmm. stuff like that, how they'll tell stuff. Right. And uh, and so I was I was Archie's guy to you know if somebody sits in a chair and is talking about having problems with his drinking he'd say hey i know a guy i know a guy had the same problem and uh you know here's his number and if you he's told me that if uh anybody in here needs what he has anybody that there's a chance that he can help for me to give him his telephone number so he'd hand him one of my cards and that's awesome and i got a number of calls that direction your aa card yeah (laughs) Uh, I know some guys that have AA cards. Really? Business cards. And I, I thought it was really arrogant at first, but I give away my spiritual underground cards and stuff like that in the right. same realm because that way I can hand them something and they can walk off with yeah. my telephone number yeah. and they don't necessarily have to do the whole I get dance. That, yeah. Um, uh, I have one in my big book down here from a guy I met down here and he gave me his, and it's just simply got his name and uh, his telephone number on it. Nice. And instead of he said, "Hey man, give me a call sometime." Instead of writing it or yeah, it yeah. didn't say AA on it, or right? Yeah, I know it was that, just yeah. a way to pass on his contact yeah. information. I was kind of teasing about that. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's what it looks like mm-hmm. when when you first get one. But they're handy, man. I mean, to be able to just hand somebody that card and say, "But if now I do it, and uh, I do it a little tricky." I uh, talk about my podcast a little bit. And I say, "Oh, here, you know, here's." A, if you listen, just look this up, man. Here it is, you know. And by the way, my telephone number's on the back of there. So nice. if you need to make, you know, you want to give me a holler, there it is. That's cool. I need to get some more of your cards in your Spiritual Underground podcast. Yeah, so when, I can, uh, uh, when all the face-to-face, you know, when yeah. we quit doing that, business cards became something I didn't, I wouldn't. Right. Handing out very often. Yeah, I wasn't either. I took a big old deck of them up to that women's healing place meeting. Did you? And, uh, man, and they all disappeared did they yeah they were looking at you a certain kind of way yeah probably so <laughs> uh yeah but yeah we sure get to do a lot of cool stuff in recovery and get to you know we said i said it out there at the fire the other night man i just want everybody to have this mm-hmm. i really do and try to do what i can do to uh help facilitate that if possible because that's it's just part of what I do today, you know, and I get to take a little bit of credit, you know, that them women having that retreat this weekend, uh, one of the things that Christopher and I always talked about was there was a lack of this we saw in women, the women's yeah. community. Yep. And um, not having what we have. Yeah, all the all the women I know in recovery, like, man, I wish we had what you all got, yeah. you know. Now they're getting it. Yeah. And, you know, this might give me a little, but I'll just speak freely because it's my podcast. uh <laughs> women can set up some resentments on one another in a way men generally don't that cattiness that that competition level Mm -hmm. thing you know we talk about like dudes having competition and we all one up and ship and who's got the biggest dick Mm -hmm. and all that Uh, but uh 
but but women get pretty get pretty closed mouth and get pretty tight uh you know isolating and, and not letting other people in their lives too you know mm-hmm. and, and it, that's kind of what i see a lot when i'm looking around 12-step stuff is uh not having this just open and uh vulnerable type of community and you know holly's helping generate that and tssr was the pill that you know that made it start yeah. moving down that pike and i do take some uh i take a bit of pride in there because then you know holly said it to me you know this wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for you and, and i can feel good about that and yeah. accept that compliment today yeah, and it's not ego than, or nothing yeah. like that it's just yeah people are being helped yeah god damn there's nothing i want more in the that world you did. than uh that modeled yeah, yeah i modeled something but you know again and people probably get tired of hearing this too but you know i didn't set out i never aimed for any of this mm-hmm. uh, none of like us I said, did it's like uh sticky notes of uh of uh god left laying around hoping i'd find them mm-hmm. start a podcast have a retreat uh and i you know I, and i got i'm a storyteller so I, there's actually a storytelling podcast that i'm thinking about really contacting that's uh, cool because i like telling stories yeah and uh the story about when I was on home incarceration and the spiritual underground had a one day retreat at Bernheim Forest and I couldn't go because it was like 10 miles over the county line of the counties mm. I could be in. Oh, wow. And I had my hopes up thinking that they would let me because they'd let me do some things. You right. Know, yeah. Yeah. I had my hopes up thinking, you know, it's just a day. I'm not even spending a night, not doing anything. And, uh, you know, what that in Bullet County is Bernheim in Bullet or I don't really remember. I'm not sure where Bernheim is. Uh, but it's right outside Jefferson County, and uh, they wouldn't let me go. Mm. And I'm sitting around, and they guys come home from the retreat and uh, talking about how juicy it was yeah. and all that. But they had a, there was a couple complaints, and one of them was that they didn't have any privacy. That some people walked through their area because they didn't have like a you know it's public area, right? You know, so people the other in there you know sharing and talking, and some like couple comes walking through with oh, a wow. pushing uh, baby cart and a couple dogs. That'll mess up the energy yeah, for sure. Right, yeah. And uh, and I didn't know that then, right? I don't really digest that the way I digest it today. I don't that doesn't sink in. What did hit me was oh, I got a place we wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah, ain't you nobody know? walking through here. And but I did the old self doubt stuff and doubting Thomas kind of thing and I was like, Well them guys ain't gonna ride all the way down there, you know, and uh, you know, go all the way. Them guys ain't going to come down there where there ain't no electricity and no water and no, mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. And it was a while before, you know, Christopher knew I had this place, but he didn't, I didn't really talk about it all that much and I didn't like describe it to him. But when I said something, hey man, you know, he was talking about that retreat. Um, and this and, you know, what happened, not having a place of private and all that. And I was like, you know, I could have one at my place. And man, you just heard, I mean, I could feel him light up on the other side of the telephone. Dude! That that'd be fantastic, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, not knowing, not you know, having any idea, having no experience on hosting people, right? Uh, you know, and you know, uh, you know, uh, I just backed, it. I just sidestepped that too. You know, I'd had friends down here, and I'd hosted people and families with their kids, and because I had this place, you know, so I had a little bit of experience. You kind of look at things like. Uh, how maybe God was grooming you at times. I think mm. about the podcast too when I started doing those nicotine quitting videos on YouTube. That at some level I was like getting groomed to do this. 
Right. And, you know, maybe when I was having a few people down here, I was getting groomed to do, to do that. Yeah. And, uh, and even like hunting things because opening weekend of hunting season, deer firearms, usually I had, you know, a handful of guys down here because we're drinking and barely waking up in the morning. Right. And, um, it was a big drink fest, hardly hunting. Yep. And nothing ever got killed. Uh, right. <laughs> and, uh, the, uh, So I started planning it and was leaned on Darren and Christopher real hard on what should I do and, mm-hmm. and that whole top bucket of topics thing just popped in my mind and I, yeah, that's like, it. I like that what, one. What do you think about this? I think that's a great idea. I'd never heard of it at the time. Really? I thought I had a I thought I'd had a new idea. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really claim it as a new idea or right. anything, but I kind of felt like, you know, I can say with honesty that I didn't, it popped in my head and I hadn't, but I know there's some other meetings that pass mm-hmm. around cups and pull topics out of it yeah. and different things like that. So, uh, yeah, that turned out to be something just super cool and, and it's know, always, it all just evolved. It's always cool how that bucket of topics always seems to hit right on the yeah. person that reaches in there and grabs that one topic. You know, is they, you can almost always see it in their face when they read it too. They're like, and wow, you see that wow expression really? or whatever, yeah. you know, or it'd be something they didn't really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, Later they pulled it out of the bucket and they're like, uh, "Here's your sign." Yeah, yeah. kind of deal. And they leave, and because it's a safe place, man, you know. They could real easy not do that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that makes them share the truth. Exactly, they don't have to. Yep. And uh, but because the but place it, is safe in the brotherhood and the thing we create while we do this, it makes it allows people to to get vulnerable and talk about stuff they would rather not talk about. Man, they feel that gut feeling. I, I call my God conscience, man. When it's like, here you go. Are you gonna do it or not? You know, kind of. Are you gonna yep. talk about it or? Are you, yep. Are you going to you know, do it your way again? You know, yep. here's your moment right here. You know, yep. let it out. Let it, be free of that shit. You know. Yep. yep. And there's been some real powerful ones. Man. Oh yeah, there has. I've had several myself. I feel some like level of detachment during it a lot of times. Uh, I get that too. Where I'm not not that I feel that energy busy enough you, that I'm more. Um, I st- it, what usually happens to me is like a day or two later, or. A lot of times I sit here after it's over and everybody's gone. Oh, yeah. Take and it all I, maybe I've cleaned up and, you know, swept out the cabin and done the other things that need to be done. And I appreciate, like, the help you give to go around and help me round shit up that's spread all over the property and carry stuff out and all that. And that's been another thing that I've lessened that I've been, that I've, that I've personally received uh, doing this thing is allowing people to help me. Mm. Um, and I sit here after the fact, you know, and everybody's gone. And it's quiet again, and uh, and to have that, there's a wave of emotions pour over you, like especially after the last one, man. Uh, last year's one was so fucking powerful, it but was. Uh, whew, <laughs> you know. And then I get into my head about you know how am I gonna top that? <laughs> how hell I'm like how am I even gonna come close to that? Right. Uh, but as I pray in the beginning of this podcast that God supports me, um, I really have faith today. Yep. I don't have to struggle. Something I didn't have you before know, stop this. Stop fighting. I don't have to do that. I don't have to live on self-propulsion anymore because uh, I can just allow this stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's a real cool thing, man. Like you were talking about the food. Yeah, yeah. like the food. Just allow it to happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, I could see me running around skiddy trying to Working all day long, yeah. 
know, and I've had been lucky enough that a couple of different times or a few different um, retreats, we've had somebody who actually like was a either a professional cook chef or a, or somebody who was. Uh, I guess Dave is. I really don't know what he was, but he yeah, has he was some experience. Okay, mm-hmm. I'd say he had. I really don't know the. The I just knew that he had experience feeding groups of people. I didn't yep. know if it was like volunteering through church or if it was. You know, I really didn't know where it came from. Right. Yeah. Although not too long ago, I saw him post a memory on Facebook, but that's been since the retreat. Uh, post a picture on Facebook where he was in a chef's getup, and it was a memory thing of my memory. You know remember when I was doing whatever he was doing and, right you know you could tell it was something professional but we've had that luxury a couple of times and this time around we don't um at least not that I know of right uh, so I always said and you know and everything was is that person was always like knocking at my door volunteering too you mm-hmm. know so yeah I went, hey man i be happy you know I got all this experience I'd be happy to uh and uh dave was a trooper last year man because i know he really he suffered through that mm-hmm. uh trying did he ever get that knee replaced did he uh, he had something done to it i can't remember okay. to be honest with you um that's the other thing when i watch people uh suffer with things that from my understanding there's a solution mm-hmm. uh but for whatever reason we set up blocks about why we can't accept the solution right and i don't know that about dave for sure but i do know that bad knees can be taken care of <laughs> today yeah and uh there's some things you know they still not real great with dealing with a bad heart or a bad brain or a bad some other things but uh, from all appearances bad knees are getting replaced all over the world right <laughs> I, <and laughs> successfully I don't, I don't think he had a replacement but i think he had something done i just can't remember yeah. well i just hope that he got some relief it's really my bigger thing is that he got something that he doesn't not, seem to, to be suffer in, through that because i know pain. he was really hurting last year when mm-hmm. he was doing it and he still muscled up and and did what he committed to doing yeah uh even though that says a lot uh, that's like i would never ask somebody that yeah right and charlie coming this year with a broke leg yeah. you know that's commitment yeah, it is a commitment. <laughs> just to be here to be part of it which is cool too if i had a broke leg i don't know you know might set this one out kind of deal but no he knows he's gonna get something out of yeah. it yeah it was never a question for him uh I, him and i you know you settle in these routines with and i i don't shouldn't say i settled into these routines with my sponsees and the guys that i worked with over time and some of them call me a lot and like with Charlie, I have a standing Monday night when he leaves the sobriety house that he got sober in. He goes there on Monday nights for mm-hmm. meetings, and he leaves there about 9. So I know I'm going to get a phone call about 10 after 9 or quarter after 9 or 20 right. after 9 about how much, according to how much talking they do after the meeting, mm-hmm. uh, that I, that we have a Monday night conversation. And I said, and, you know, and he's like, Duh. nah, dude, I'm coming. Right. Said, I don't care if you wheel me in. It's not even a question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, and you said a word there, man. It really hit me, and uh, and, and I hadn't thought about it for a long time. And I was, I think, I was stretching forward a minute ago when I was talking about people showing up for the recovery. Is that are you committed to your recovery? Committed, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, um, yeah, I need this, and I need all this other extra stuff we do. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just feeds me. Yeah, feeds and my commit soul. yourself to it. You know, it's one thing to be saying you gonna do it and yeah as soon as i know the date somebody dates, else i tell my wife actually committing yourself and saying okay here's here's where i'm showing up i'm mm-hmm. committing to to my recovery and i you know people may think that like coming down here turkey hunting or deer hunting is not that but bullshit because everything i do today is recovery me too it uh, I, I had uh the fishing 
last week. I had this this week. Um, we got the y'all went fishing a couple weeks ago or been oh yeah done done yeah. So I've had all these all these things planned. I, I gave them all to my wife, you know, and she put it on the calendar, and she knows I'm gonna be gone there, and she was totally cool with it, you know. She just need to know when the dates were, yeah. you know. Yeah. Which and you know, and I and another thing, I'm gonna start making a regular thing. I think is uh, coming down here 4th of July and doing it, inviting families that weekend. Where yes. people, uh, so the women and the kids aren't left out, where right. they end up left out in a lot of these other things. Everybody comes. Yeah. And, uh, and But it's, you know, it doesn't change the flavor for me one bit as far as like uh, I'm having a 4th of July recovery retreat. Right, yeah. I get it. You know, and I'm thinking that just another thing hit me too. You know, I talk so much about Scott Lee and the different things he says, and you know, you were saying open mindedness, empty mindedness. I like the empty matter because I think you got to like open. It's just being open to it. Mm -hmm. Empty means I'm actually full, and I had to purposely like empty something in order to make room. So I had to take some action of some sort whether it's even just mental, emotional action to empty it so that there's room for the new. Mm -hmm. uh, I like that. I like that. But uh, along those lines, that's the big concept that Scott uses, and I use it too. I beat Scott Lee uses it, and I do it too. I just taken straight up, copied his thing on the, when I'm first working with a guy that he's got to be willing to let go of his old ideas. And he says, uh, what that means is what I think I know for certain ain't true. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I was going someplace with that too. And I, that's a hard concept Lee to thing, go oh, by. I know where I was going. Um, he also talked about he's got this five-hour YouTube video that touches me probably more than any other five, any other piece of recovery speaker tape type stuff that I've listened to. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a run through the steps in a way he does it in a sense, and what he does in his recovery. It's a uh, which makes sense, you know, because to like talk about. Uh, my recovery and the, that yeah, it would take some hours yeah but uh, he talked about having get togethers with his guys and his fa guys families and stuff and every year they go float to Buffalo River and outside of Nashville Tennessee and do a float trip with the families nice and they load up some watermelons and halfway down they get out on the bank and cut up the watermelon they have water gun fights and down the river and you know and and uh, I'm sure that was seed planting for me, you know. Now I just like hit hit me because I told you last night that you know I just feed my brain and yeah. I basically brainwash myself at some level by pouring recovery literature into my head through audio, for the most part. Right. Like almost 24/7 in my early recovery, and I don't know that I'm not doing it today. Uh, uh, but that stuff gets in. Cause I remember going to sleep and listening to it. I would listen to it while I was sleeping, and mm -hmm. it still got in. Uh, I, I, it, but those those things outside of where I'm going with this is doing things outside the normal rooms that where we meet at once right. a week. Right, exactly. And uh, and expanding it because, uh, frankly, I don't think the meeting a week or four meetings a week would do it. Right. It's I'll got to include it. this other stuff, too. Um, I just I, I need more than than uh, what we One do in the week, rooms because yeah. it's this you know and, and you know there's like a 
you know, there's an etiquette to what you talk about in the meetings and how you go about it. You know, and we were joking around the other day about, you know, when the new people come in, they don't understand our little, uh, the way we do meetings, you know, right. You don't talk over other people and you don't, don't interrupt. Uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and I get a little bit, uh, sometimes with the zoom, uh, the breaking in to have to say something yeah gets to me a little bit it's like was that really necessary because uh, i don't think if we were sitting in a room would the same person shout out right yep uh i mean it's pretty typical to say thanks dave or whatever mm-hmm. uh and so i get that but it seems to be that there's some commentary that gets plugged in now that that i don't remember hearing although you know you go to some meetings i don't even know that healing place new meeting over there uh those guys they shout out and do bring it well another thing though, yeah um but i'm not that's sideline when we're in the regular meetings you don't you you get that laughter you get that energy you know what i'm saying you get that little smirk that somebody can't help but to giggle at or yeah, laugh at the verbal cues and the exactly but on zoom we're all on silent and we yep. gotta kind of hold it to the end, so I kind of understand that now. You know, that's yep. why people want to say something because during the thing they couldn't. <laughs> that yep. was pretty I good. Do, you know? Yep, yep, I get it. Yeah, um, it is a completely different energy when you're sitting there, and it's from a speaking standpoint. When you're sharing, you know, uh, I really look around at people's reactions and like feed a little bit off of yeah. seeing that people are paying attention to me. Yeah, um, and. Uh, not that like needy paying attention it's just more like a public speaker kind of point of view where mm-hmm. you use the audience to to, to feed off to of feed it. off of while you're talking it's funny and the other night when we were at, at your house after i got done speaking nobody said anything yeah but they did it just the volume you had yeah, the volume i had to turn the volume down yeah. while you're sharing now like so get some feedback I, it, for a second i was like oh, what did i say i don't even remember what i said but yeah. you know i was like usually somebody says you know Good job, or love you, brother, or something. Yeah. And, and there was dead silence. Yeah. So I, for a second, I had this weird energy, man. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's got the volume down. I'm yeah. sure somebody said something, you know. But yeah. I was like, what did I say wrong? Or, you know, all those instant thoughts of old behaviors, yeah. you know. That's that little dance that Holly and I do in TSSR where we're each on a separate computer and I run the Zoom meetings with two computers and I put one of them on um, gallery view and put everybody up on a TV. And it brings makes me feel closer to everybody. Yeah, for sure. Um, I get more of like in the room feel when mm-hmm. I've got these big pictures up on that screen, and yeah, not just a little phone picture. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then I put the speaker on mine, on my primary computer. So then whenever whoever's talking is popping up full size on my screen, right? And I got this one over here where I can see everybody. Yeah, and uh, or as many people will fit on the screen at once, I can page around and see everybody, and. Uh, yeah, those two computers feed back. So a lot of times, I like we did when you had something else to say, and I just turned my computer. Maybe you did an announcement or something. Yeah, uh, it was an announcement yep. for the spiritual fitness meeting, which is starting back up May third. Yes, sir. So eight o'clock. Uh, eight o'clock at the Token Three in Louisville, Kentucky. So uh, that's a meditation meeting. S- tell them what it is. It's a meditation meeting. <laughs> now, uh, so yeah, every Monday night, eight o'clock. Um, uh, spiritual fitness we do a 20-minute meditation uh it's either a mantra or guided or silent uh i've really gotten into the 
the mantras really that's my favorite but uh yeah every monday night do 20 minutes of meditation and uh talk about our meditations afterwards and share our experiences our long meeting the remainder of the meeting is discussion essentially over the over the meeting so that's back in action that's something at the end of the when covid come through so if anybody's around listening that's going on um but you were doing that announcement, so just turn the computer. The thing is, is, and it's really no big deal for most people, but when you have new people in there, you know, it's still, you know, you're sharing and it says it's me. Oh, gotcha. You know, when, they, when it pops up on their screen. Yes. And it, the speaker view, it says Dan Reeves, and it's like, that is not Dan. That looks like Yogi Bear. Yeah. But hopefully that's not a big thing. And I just can't wrestle with, uh, not wrestle, but I. I can't get that computer switch happen flawless, seamlessly. And that's oh, what ends it. up getting that silent for a minute. Because if I don't turn mine down, what you end up with is you talking and then a microsecond behind it, your voice is coming out here. So it's behind you. Gotcha. So you're hearing yourself what you just said while you're still trying to oh, talk. Oh, wow, yeah. And you wouldn't be able to do that. No, yeah. I can't <laughs> um, do that, period, yeah. yeah. And then they would hear it, too, and that's what causes the feedback is that it would come out and then go back into your microphone, and it causes that gotcha. loop and makes that sound. Everybody gets to hear when I first start up my computers. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, what the hell is that? Yeah, it's sound going in a loop through the Internet. Mm. Uh, it <laughs> <laughs> sounds freaky, man. Yeah, you know? yeah, it does. When you think about it. Yeah, it is a, it's a weird thing. It's kind of like when you got, you know, Two mirrors opposing one another, and you see the reflection of the mirror and the mirror and the mm-hmm. reflection, and you know, and you just keep going. Yeah, it's that kind of thing, except for with sound instead of light. It always trips me out just thinking about how uh, our voices right now are being recorded or being recorded because they're on yeah, a computer, you know, and and like radio frequencies and all those things and how that stuff can travel yeah, yeah. you know and how's it come playing out of my phone later on yeah know how they, and i still want to know if we can do all this why do we still need wires to transmit electricity mm-hmm. we should have wireless electricity mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to run a wire and then later on we'll have wireless plumbing yeah right have pipeless plumbing wow <laughs> you know what i mean that. if we can do it if we're moving this matter this stuff called sound mm-hmm. If we're moving it through these things that don't have no wires attached to them. Mm-hmm. And it always makes me think of, like, the Star Trek stuff. Yeah. Our, our bodies. Yep. Well, can we teleport? Yeah. Move our bodies through the airwaves to I suppose place. someday it'll come. I don't know. I think it will. Uh, or we actually travel uh, through space without... always have that, like, winter up. There's some movies or something about when you, like, if something would happen and you didn't get all the way through. Like I think maybe on the Matrix, the movie The Matrix, or you know, maybe they had it on Star Trek too, where you know if you didn't, if like if you had a power outage and you were halfway transmitted. Oh wow, uh, yeah, that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah think about that. Uh, like what your legs fall out over here, right? You know, and the yeah. rest of you's at home, or your head's laying here. Mm, uh, that would be kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the rest of the Technical particles. difficulties with your body yeah. keep being transported. So I heard be about bad. like with sound. You don't. We're not actually transmitting the entire range of sound we're making. They mm. figured it out because it streamlines it. And I think that's part of why they call it streaming. Is that it's only the necessary sound that comes through. Really? Yes. Yeah, so there's like sounds that don't get. Even when you're listening to music, there's some sounds that don't come through the pipeline because they 
have been deemed not necessary. Mm. And that allows it to be a lighter flow who so that you can it? get through. Yeah, that's a good, a good thing about who, <laughs> who deems who, that. Who says that. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, so they start deciding what part of me gets moved and what part don't. Mm-hmm. We don't really need all of you. Yeah, just part of you. It's another mankind thing that I like, and I try to. I, I stumble on it when I speak it, and I may need to listen to some things so I can feel more fluid. Because the men who taught it to me, uh, I felt what they were talking about when <clears throat> they invited all of me to be here. Mm-hmm. Your light, your darkness, your pain, your love, your joy. You know, you all of you, mm-hmm. all the pieces of you are welcome here today. Mm-hmm. I like that and, too. Uh, that way you'll. Because we tend to, you know, that that's kind of the leave the mask at home. Mm-hmm. Um, All of them. Yeah. Come here and be you. Mm-hmm. Every piece of you is welcome here today. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited about it. Me too. Well, cool. Well, let's close this out. And, uh, we'll go on. We hit, uh, we've been here since Wednesday, and it's Saturday afternoon, evening. Now time flew by, man. 6 p.m. on Saturday night, which ends up getting to be that. Uh, I always hate go-home day. Mm-hmm, it's not too. that I hate it, but there's some energy around go-home day. that uh, You were talking about that earlier. Uh, huh? I, once, like, tomorrow happens, uh, I'll find myself in a little bit of rush to go ahead and switch gears. You know, mm-hmm. And there's a piece of me that times who have hung around here longer because I was like, I don't have to go yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a 5 p.m. meeting tomorrow with a sponsee and uh it's virtual uh so uh, he's in salt lake city and i sponsor him over facetime which by the way he's gonna he's traveling from salt lake city to here to come to retreat that's awesome i can't uh, wait to meet him that's uh that's phenomenal to me me too um and uh then the 7 p.m women's after action report after their retreat which is i'm I'm looking forward to that episode yeah if they came in the studio last week last year yeah i and remember we talked about doing that this year but i just really didn't think i'd have the energy for them to come by after coming out of here mm-hmm. plus that would put me on some kind of like hard timeline that i didn't really want that i'd had to be home by 2 p.m or whatever it right. was and i don't necessarily want that i probably will be mm-hmm. but i don't want to come screaming in the door uh six days without Guns a shower blazing. yeah uh having to uh not having to but getting to uh sit down with them there's a thing about and holly and i've been talking about this is that it happens in a retreat and like this podcast why like uh there's an energy um That they come up with the word, but I gotta. I, I'm expressing and using up a lot, of, a lot of more energy doing this than I would be if I was just sitting over there in the chair talking to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I need some recovery time. And it ends up being like I have to. What word word this phrase we're using is that you, that you have to be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and like I do two back to back podcasts once in a while where I'll have two, and it just ends up being where I can't avoid it. Right. And I've got a podcast with one person at noon, and then another one at three, and then I'm done. And it's hard to stay on that long, mm-hmm. to stay turned on, to podcast. I get or, that, yeah. And that's that thing on the retreat. And I really don't have no problem staying on during the retreat. But when it's over, I crash. Crash, yeah, I'm sure. It's like, boom, man, my batteries are dead. And mm-hmm. 
uh, like the new drills and stuff. Remember when they used to start going real late, week, 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 and we're here, yeah. you know, when my Duval drill now stops just, now, yeah, it's it just stops. It's got it's got full power a second ago, mm-hmm. and it won't even turn now. Yep, not uh, a, not that's the way I feel nothing. when I do that. Well, we'll do concluders. Okay, concluding thoughts. <sighs> concluding thoughts. Extremely grateful. To. No, I got yeah. Extremely grateful, man. Um, my outlook on life today is totally different than what it was. I didn't even feel like I, I stopped learning, you know, and stopped growing until I got sober. And uh, I've learned more in this past four and a half years than I have in my entire life. And uh, to know that from now where I'm sitting here at 44 years old until the day I die, I'm going to continue to learn and grow because I thought my growing days were over. I mean, that's exciting to me. I'm just looking forward to what life has in store for me now and getting to come do these things and the bonds we make, me and you, man, it just holds a special place in my heart, and I thank you for everything you do for me. Thank you. I love you, bro. Thank you, man. I love you, too. Um, It does mean a ton to me, man. I never thought I'd have friends like I have today. Mm -hmm. Um, I had tastes of it early on. Like I had a cousin that I was real close to, the one I did all the bumming around, you know, and I I thought that was gone forever. Mm -hmm. Um, Jordan Peterson says something about more people talking about, you know, their aim is to be happy, and he doubts that. Uh, he says, "What? Because you just you're going to have happiness and you're going to have sorrow, you know. And aiming at happiness is a little bit, uh, a little useless." He says, "What you aim for is having a meaningful life, mm-hmm. and a lot of happiness will come through if your life is meaningful, mm-hmm. or if that means something to you. Like the way we're meaningful down here with one another this weekend, it means something to us in a whole bunch of different angles." Yeah. If it's meaningful in the standpoint of I'm sponsoring a guy and helping him get better and then watching the lives of the people around him get better, my life is meaningful. Mm-hmm. Uh, carrying this message out into the world is meaningful uh, through this podcast. And uh, with that meaning comes happiness. Yeah, for you sure. Get lar- I, I seem to be getting many doses of uh, that temporary little feeling of happiness. Uh, through aiming at a meaningful life. And that's the stuff I talk about. Peterson always just says things that, that just land with me. Um, you'll probably hear some of that coming up on the podcast or on the retreat, too. I got so many things going on that I, I, uh, I mess up the terms. So thank you, Shane, for allowing me to do this thing. Uh, I like being down here by myself, but I like being down here with somebody. Yeah. yeah I appreciate uh, you sharing And you know, like hunting, me. you get to do a little both, you know. You still get some solitude. That's something that I needed for a little while today was just to go walk around by myself for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so this opens up that avenue for doing both of those things and communing with brothers and also uh, sitting out here in this wonderful paradise, mm-hmm. the wilderness, mm-hmm. and uh, getting our batteries recharged and my computer hard drive gets defragmented. Mm-hmm. And I'm a better dude when I get home. Yep. And my life is more meaningful. So, uh, didn't do commercials today. DTMWW.net, my little handyman woodworking business. Um, Louisville metropolitan area is for the handyman stuff. Obviously, the woodwork is uh, up to uh, shipping costs. 
And uh, Darren Frank's music is wrapped around this podcast. Uh, love that dude and what he's given to me, the gift of uh, royalty-free music. Uh, just went through that with Holly as she was looking for music to put on her podcast, and it ain't easy. Um, Darren happened to have that library there, and it, again, universe supporting what I'm doing today, and that's a good feeling. TSSR, 12-Step Spiritual Recovery, is a book by James Christopher Cohn. You can find it on Amazon. It is the 12 steps for everyone. Uh, it's for those who uh, may not fit the traditional 12-step fellowships. Um, that means in, a, in, a, in one, in the same way I was talking about recovery at the beginning of this podcast, most people think of recovery as that uh, from substance abuse or chemical dependencies. And uh, this is written for those who do not have that and those that do. Uh, I've kind of come down to three niches. It's for the people who don't fit in the normal 12-step fellowships. It's the people who are in currently in traditional 12-step fellowships that wants more. And it's for those who maybe didn't feel like they were getting it. Maybe you'd worked the steps before and you didn't get what was promised or uh, that kind of thing. Uh, so those three little niches, and, and it's for more than that, too. It's just kind of those have solidified in my mind as far as where that fits. 12-Step Spiritual Recovery, James Christopher Cohn on Amazon. We have meetings. You can go to 12stepspiritualrecovery.com and uh, see the meeting schedules and, uh, and join in on that. And with Zoom, you can do that from anywhere in the world. And um, if you're not having a blast in your recovery, it's your own damn fault. And thank all of y'all out there listening. Thank you, Shane. Thank you for allowing me to participate and allowing us to participate in our recoveries in this manner today. Peace Peace. out.